Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction uh, 673. Science Faction, the end of HIV and the beginning of long COVID. The end of HIV... You sent me the thing, and this is this is kind of. I'll wait for you to get into it, but it's it's the cure for everything. Okay, I'm I'm ruining it. I'm ruining it. I'm ruining it. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. You you're definitely ruining. It. It's just like, we'll, we'll we'll get to the article itself and dive into all the, the intricacies of it. But uh, speaking of the person who's ruining it on this show, I of course am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me as always is the man who's never ruined a thing in his life, none other than our comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how you doing this afternoon? If I've never ruined anything in my life, Bobby, explain what I'm doing to this chair right now. <laughs> This is not one of them ambulatory toilet chairs, yet yeah. I am treating it as one. So, function, <laughs> purpose? Well, then maybe in that case, instead of ruining it, you've expanded its horizons. <laughs> I've, I've traumatized an inanimate object. And if you would like to traumatize a chair in your house, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon for four extra science articles every single week uh by the way heads up i just want to throw this out there at the very beginning i noticed a mistake when i was re-listening to last week's episode and we brought up the red deer people we actually covered in like 2022 a genetic study that showed that while there was morphological differences the red deer people were actually red deer cave people were, were anatomically modern humans and and do have living descendants among not only east asians but also people of the new world and stuff so uh red deer people not not a cul-de-sac or unknown group despite their morphological differences i've also uh, i've also just been thinking uh, back for a while and uh, the fact that i am uh, we, we discussed on this show a few episodes back that i got the results back from my 23 and me and this is not a joke i have 20 percent native american and one percent ashkenazi jew so by definition this podcast is retroactively i want an apology from everybody who's claimed it was an anti-semitic podcast because i'm one of the tribe <laughs> And I say it's cool. And so... Um, no, theoretically, you should only get the, those apologies for 1% of the jokes you made. The other 99% were still valid. Uh, Bobby, for what does a percentage does a Jew make? <laughs> Bobby, you Christ. want that you should Jeez. give up the traditions of my people? All right. All right. You don't get an apology for any of that. That was all wrong. It's a powerful 1%. 100%. No, I want an apology from Rabbi Shmuley. <laughs> I want an apology from Bobby. How dare you? And, David, I'm, I'm very excited to see that you also survived our uh, California superstorm as Hurricane Hillary smashed into San Diego. I'm glad to see that you are uh, uh, under an intact roof, apparently, still. I was very underwhelmed. I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew I'd be wildly disappointed. Uh, like, like something that like cripples East Coasters. You know, I piss. You sure. know, like there's. I was. I wanted to see what makes the East Coast shit themselves. Uh, and it came to San Diego, and I'm not impressed. It, it didn't hit us hard where we are. Places up in the mountains got really, really, really bad. In fact, right now, Palm Springs is like an island. It's like all the roads into it are either underwater or literally washed away. And like there's trees out down everywhere. I, we had a lot of trees go down and we had flooding in low-lying areas, but it was not that bad if you were in the city. Now, we had fucking tornado warnings like like eight miles from me and like other stuff like that. But that's up in the mountains. Yeah. and, and but, 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 you know... 
the the guy in Palm Springs who uh, who owns the roads and is or has property underwater. Yeah, it sucks. But the guy in Palm Springs who is who is comically crawling through the desert begging for water. This <laughs> tropical storm was a godsend. The Saul Goodman picking up the drug cartel money, so to speak. Yes, just one one properly praised prayer. <laughs> or in my case of the native of uh, of a first world first nations people uh, a specific dance which I can't go further into uh, can bring about rates. Let's I can't I, I've already said too much to an outsider. This is getting too offensive. Let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is science articles. You want I should pretend I'm not Native American? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, dear. (laughs) Article number one, CRISPR may end the era of HIV. Yes, that's what I wanted to get to. You sent me this story, and I... I just can't wait till every story is like, oh, that's right. Um, uh, uh, CRISPR has solved it. Yeah, you know that uh, that uh, that whole cancer thing. CRISPR solved it. You know that whole uh, cold thing. CRISPR solved it. Radically unreported, in my opinion. Do, do you not agree? Like, should this not have been someplace on like the New York Times front, not the front page of their science, just the front page of the newspaper? Is I think it's because of the uh, uh, HIV has been slowly um, getting defanged over years, and so True. like. So maybe a cure now. It's you know it's it's not a death sentence in, in a lot of cases now. It's still a horrible disease. I just imagine some newspaper editor somewhere they came up. They're like, hey, you know that thing that's killed like seventy five million people around the world. It changed the way we live our lives and experience sexuality, and uh, you know is drastically affected s- giant swaths of sub Saharan Africa and people under the age of fifteen have a high percentage of having it in certain places there just from being bored with it. Blah blah blah. You know all that. Uh, we might have just taken like a major step into actually totally and like not like treating it like the Berlin patient curing cancer like just curing cancer with a single fucking injection that we could do we might have just taken a huge step towards that and he's like yeah yeah that's good what's going on with the kim kanye divorce though i think that needs to take front page uh, and like uh when you like press him on it like listen i just kicked the i just kicked the guys uh begging us to run a front page story about the uh, florida ocean being 100 degrees do you think i'm really gonna listen to you mr hiv get the fuck out of here <laughs> So this is a super interesting story about a potential future cure for HIV, which, by the way, is not far off. This is not one of those, hey, 10 years down the road things. This is actually one of the trials en route to human trials. This is one of like the ones they had to, the, the hoops they had to jump through for the FDA in order to get approval to try this on humans. So this is actually... Uh, you know, not, oh, uh, some indeterminate number of years in the future. This is, hey, we just got the results from this. Now, assuming the FDA approves it, we can actually start testing this on people like very soon. That's right. Um, this is this is we, we are soon coming to a world where you could fuck without consequence. And, and at least for HIV, there's still other consequences. We're going to knock out HIV, but we're going to leave chlamydia on the table. We're going to leave herpes on the table. Come on. We're, we're a good 10 years away from... First of all, every daddies you've ever eaten at, you have left both chlamydia and herpes on the table. That is just a fact. Yeah, but that's also a God-given right. It's on the menu. Like, like it's a take-only take only Grand Slam Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruities <laughs> and leave only chlamydia and herpes on the table. Also, if they didn't want it, they shouldn't have sexy ass tables. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, it's you know, there's some restaurants where you can throw peanut shells on the floor. At Denny's, you can fuck the tables. They encourage it. It's kind of a selling point. 
So HIV in humans is a re- is a retrovirus, meaning it actually embeds itself into a part of our genomes and uses that to hide from our immune system and to be able to utilize our own bodies to process bits of it and stuff. It's one of the reasons that they're so hard to get rid of is it can hide in, in different reservoirs in our body. And we know that we got this as a version, a human version of SIV or simian immunodeficiency virus sometime in, I think we narrowed down to like 1923 in this one place in the Congo. It's actually transferred into humans a few different times. I think maybe twice from chimps and once or twice from gorillas as well. But the one we currently know as, you know, worldwide came from chimps, you know, is is the one that's caused all the damage. Now, it works by essentially infecting the part of your body that fights infections. It it infects the immune systems to help the T-cells, macrophages, a bunch of stuff. That's right. HIV figured it out. HIV is like a, a like a guy who robs drug dealers. It's Omar from The Wire, right? And he goes out <laughs> looking like he is some person who is going to get robbed by this drug dealer. He looks, he like walks around with flashy cash. So you come up to him and then you turn around, you got the gun in your face. That's the style. Like it basically infects those helper T cells. It destroys your immune system. And then you later die when you get AIDS and you're, you don't have enough, you know, of your immune system left. You die from a regular infection, like the common cold that you can no longer fight off. So that is the basis of how HIV works. It turns your immune system into the Baltimore police department filled with corruption and probably HIV. No, it just kills them all. It more it turns your your immune system into the Atlantis Police Department. Like it doesn't exist. <laughs> and it's obviously it's killed you know tens of millions of people over the past hundred years. It has been this scourge, especially in places like Sub-Saharan Africa. We have fought very valiantly against it in the last few decades using uh, a lot of drugs that can help people live normal lives, but it. Those drugs can't always get to people in sub-Saharan Africa who still have really high death rates from it. It's still like a a reason that lifespans are dramatically lower in certain parts of sub-Saharan Africa. It's a very, very tragic story. And it also will hide in our bodies, hide in different reservoirs in the human body if we start getting a handle on it, which is why as soon as you, you know, we can knock it down and knock it down all you want with AZT, we can get it to where it's undetectable in your system. And even then... If you let it go, you stop taking the drugs, just two years later, you'll go right back to HIV and go right back to full-blown AIDS even. But because those reservoirs basically can hide away and stay you know, hidden, and then as soon as the drugs are gone, woo, we're going to come out and play. So it is a truly terrible disease. We've covered the cures for it on this show before. In case of the Berlin patient, the first person ever cured of HIV, it was done by literally replacing his immune system with one that was immune to HIV because there are a select number of people on Earth who have uh, a kind of a deformed CR4 or CR5 binding site on their immune cells. That means that they are essentially immune to HIV. HIV can't lock in and bind to them. And this guy had leukemia. He already had cancer of the bone marrow. So the doctor decided to try and replace, do the bone marrow transplant with somebody who was immune to HIV because this guy also had HIV and it turned out to work. We've since replicated that, I believe, five separate times in individuals, but it's a huge deal. Not only is it incredibly costly, you have to have the right circumstances where you have the right person who can accept the right donor from somebody who's also immune, who has already donated, and a whole bunch of other circumstances. Then you have to dock their immune system out, almost killing them, keeping them in like a bubble boy situation. It is by no means easy, cheap, and can probably be only used for a tiny percentage of the overall portions of human beings who have HIV. Okay, not speaking of the underlying conditions, but just going through the procedure alone, uh, like uh, mm-hmm. like a Sisyphusian hell. Which would sure. you rather have? 
go through the Berlin patient's uh, medical gauntlet or the uh-huh. medical gauntlet that somebody willingly walks through to get three inches taller medically. Like where they break your legs, bones, and then (laughs) then, they like every year you, every day you crank like a quarter turn on some crank that pulls them apart further, and yeah, not only that, like like there's all sorts of hidden expenses. Like for example, like you don't stay at the hospital, you have to like stay at like like you you have to buy all new pants. (laughs) (laughs) Look at these high waters. What am I gonna do with these things? <laughs> now I like showing off my ankles. That's right, you ladies. You like a five six man's ankles. <laughs> That's right. Oh dear. So uh, this is a test using CRISPR, which we've talked about on this show a bunch of times. It's basically a gene editing tool uh, that we ended up stealing from bacteria. They use it to cut up viruses that are coming in, and we can use these to edit very, very precise points in the genome. And in this case, edit out the parts where the retroviruses put themselves in. And this study was one, again, it's one of the things the FDA requires before you go into human trials. So they did it with a slightly modified version in primates who had SIV, which we just talked about before. That was That's the version in primates. And when they did it with them, they obviously used a modified version of this CRISPR tool. The injection is called EBT001, which is the, the specific CRISPR tool they had set up to do this for the SIV. And here's a quote from the study. Study randomized 10 animals into control and treatment groups, with three animals left untreated and the remainder receiving a single injection of EBT-001 at one of three different dose levels. Two additional animals were utilized in a separate study using a higher dose. Necropsy and tissue analysis were carried out at three or six months after the start of the treatment, end quote. So those of you guys might already be saying, ooh, that's a pretty small end number. It is. This is a case study. It's not supposed to be designed to be able to say this is our percentage of accuracy or something like that. This is a small kind of, you know, showing it safe type of study. But basically they took 10 animals that had HIV and they gave them, they gave seven of them one shot, one single shot of this modified CRISPR EBT-001. And uh, here's a quote for how did that work? Analysis showed that EBT-001 was broadly distributed, reaching tissues throughout the body with evidence of gene editing SIV proviral DNA in all significant viral reservoirs. Moreover, EBT-001 was well tolerated at all dose levels with no evidence of toxicity in clinical examination of the animals or following histopathological investigation. Animals treated with CRISPR seemed healthier in appearance and some gained weight, end quote. This is amazing because it meant it means that not only is this Thicker effective. primates. And we, we, I heard that gained yeah. weight. <laughs> Thick-ass, bimbified primates. Uh, not only does this mean that it is working, like the CRISPR is, is editing it out and it does seem to be actually working, but the upside to this, the kind of uh, the other underreported upside to this, this, this study was they showed that at the the doses they could give, there was no toxicity, and it's at those doses seem to reach all significant viral reservoirs, meaning we don't seem to be running into a problem where it's like, yeah, it works, but the toxicity is so high that we have to like carefully give it. This is one injection 
So, and in some, they purposely gave way too much just to see, like, are we going to hit some level where these things are dying from the treatment rather than the, you know, the, the actual disease? And no, they seem to all do well. They seem to tolerate all of them. Like, you could not ask for a better study, except for the end number, obviously. You know, we would like these to be bigger. We talked before about the issues with getting research monkeys right now and why those that's an issue. But very small study. But other than that, we could not ask for better results. It affected all all viral reservoirs and did not show toxicity at any of the levels, even way past the treatment levels we would normally give, did not show toxicity. This is amazing. This is a fucking home run knocked out of the park. You had a man on first, second, and third. It's a grand slam. Everybody's running in type thing. Like It is everything we wanted. It went after all of the virus. It didn't show toxicity. It was a single motherfucking injection of, by the way, CRISPR, a commonly used tool that you can literally buy online yourself. You can't buy this particular CRISPR, but it will be available at some point. Like, it's everything. You know, I was remembering how early on uh, that one pioneer guy who, uh, I I believe it was CRISPR technology, but he was that, uh, like, Silicon Valley guy, I believe, who... Like, yeah. uh, wanted to like cure his own herpes. And so he made some CRISPR thing and injected himself and died like a month later. Yeah. Well, me and this guy are, are, are both him posthumously and me currently are in a wow of what they did. And I yes. know he's, he injected himself with something and then became like, uh, like Senator Kelly from the original X-Men movie where he just yeah. becomes a puddle of water and decomposes. That's exactly what happened. Yes. Uh, but if you do give yourself like something like it, like a fucked up CRISPR, what happens? Did your body, did your heart just stop? Like, like uh, it edits the wrong. I mean, gene. I guess if you if you had one that like attacked cardiac muscles or something, like either you could do one that stopped your heart. Sure. Well, I mean, like okay, like uh, I like I I'm a I'm a crazed scientist. I, I'm gonna I have yeah. walrus gene DNA, and I'm injecting it into myself to to become the perfect symbiosis of a land uh, of a cold weather attack vehicle, a biological weapon. If I inject myself with that, what will be the mechanism of death that kills me? Like as as a mad scientist, uh, tusk growth. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, would be great. His if, dog if was... got too big. If he was a scientist in a 90s comic book, by law, his name would have had to be like Dr. Wally Walrus or like before in order for him to be interested in walruses, he would have to have an appropriate name. Yes, my name is Wallace Walrus. I don't see what that has to do with anything. And yes, I happen to work in genetics. Yes. And the species I work on happens to be the walrus. I don't see the point. You're saying I'm destined to be a supervillain. I don't see it. Super, super interesting. I can't wait to see these first human trials go out, see what happens if we are able to, you know, kind of eliminate them from all viral reservoirs. Now, it's going to be harder to determine that we've eliminated them from all viral reservoirs because unlike these animals, we can't just kill them after six months and do an autopsy on them. So the information might be a little bit more slow coming out. And obviously, there's a lot of safety and concerns and stuff we have to go through. But this is it. This should be on the front page of every fucking newspaper out there. This is Huge, and we've talked about doing. It's not this really with what the news the... does anymore, Bobby. That's not <laughs> its primary function. And we've talked about this since CRISPR came out. When are we going to use it to attack these things that are, you know, retroviruses, things like that? And by the way, we're not stopping at HIV. This will move on to treat things like herpes and hepatitis and other diseases that are essentially plaguing mankind. The idea of having a lifelong viral infection may no longer be a thing in 10 years. And again, it's not an exaggeration to say 10 years because it's not like we're saying, oh, hey, look, this is a proof of con-. like this has been in the works for a long time. This has been postulated 
for a long time. They already have the human version ready. They had to alter the human version in order to make the simian version in order to test this because this is designed for a human product that is already created in CRISPR that is going to be tested out soon on humans using this as the basis for FDA human trials. I'm just imagining like futuristic, scientifically literate, conservative parents like, uh, of course, we're not sending you to conversion therapy. It does not work. We're taking you to the doctor and having your gay gene removed via CRISPR. <laughs> Hope you don't turn into one of them walrus men. It happens to one out of every five people we try to, to take the gay gene out of the the, um, the, uh, the walrus. It turns them into some sort of a, a Arctic super soldier or something. Ooh, can you give him the badass banjo gene? Like the one that lets you just really strung up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, not like the BS. <laughs> give him like the Steve Martin one. Listen, sir, you had the chance to have a designer child before, at this day and age, before the child's conceived. We, we'll give you a do-over this time, but you only get so many of those at the CRISPR labs. <laughs> I mean, frankly, can you give him, can you make him shaped like a banjo? Because that would be pretty cool. All right, well... I don't want you coming back in here tomorrow requesting another change. So you get this one just once. Inject him with this when he's asleep. And again, if he turns into a walrus man, flee for safety. So amazingly cool. Unbelievable because it's, again, one single injection. It's somebody, whoop, boom, and you're done. No more AZT, no huge regimen of pills, no watching this for the rest of your life and, you know, hoping the medical establishment doesn't fall because if so, you'll, you'll have uh, full-blown AIDS in a short amount of time. Like, just absolutely amazing such a cool story such a cool study and i cannot wait for the human trials to come up uh bring this up to all your friends i think this is one of those things that uh, everybody should know about actually i if he's not going to use his kid's gay gene can i take it what my kid is very messy i'm tired of being <laughs> unable to uh match a smart set of pants and a shirt like i want i want that ability <laughs> I'd like a son who picks after, after himself. I would like a tidy son. Is that wrong? Is it wrong? Article number two. Giant U.S. veterans study suggests COVID infection has serious health effects for years afterwards. I love it. I, I love that, like, uh, that what percentage of soldiers... Because, I mean, like, you in the Army, you're going to have... Um, just because, uh, specifically, you're going to have a lot of people who are uh, probably... Uh, they all were, they all were forced to get vaccinated, I believe, or they got kicked yes. out. But I I wanted to bet that they they waited till the last possible minute. Yeah. So you probably had a lot of people who uh, who yes were vaccinated, but these are veterans. So these are all older people who have already you know gotten out of the. You wouldn't know much about veterans, Damien, but let me explain to you how it works. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I participated in a massive global blunder, and I'm okay with everybody forgetting about it. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, so this is a super under underreported and frankly terrifying study regarding the long-term impacts of COVID infection on health. Now, a few caveats of the study, because it is terrifying, so I always like to get these out ahead of time, uh, because it is utterly shocking data, and it has a huge end number, unlike our last study, so like that's not the issue with it. 
but there are a few complicating factors, so we want to kind of like get those out of the way up front so you can have that in the top of your head before I terrify the shit out of you with all the data. So this study was done on U.S. veterans, so it's skewed old, male, and white, which may seem to amplify the impact since especially old and male are both categories more likely to have severe impacts. And it was 90% male, 10% female in this veteran group, and the average age was 60. So that kind of gives you an idea of what we're talking about when we say old male and white. Well, I mean, like that's that's uh, the, the army recruits a lot of women. Just most of them die yeah. during training at Fort Hood. Like it's I mean, you're trying to blame the service. It's not the service. It's the recruiters are doing their job bringing in the women. The army, the machine is just killing them. Yes, they all die from horrible UTIs. Like that's the thing. The army <laughs> did not think about that beforehand. And they were like, oh, man. Our crotch-level grime cannon experiments. <laughs> You're in a unit with women. It's awesome because, like, the army has, like, codes that women need to be able to shower, like, every two days and if they're on their period every day if needed. So, oh, like, okay. if you're in a unit with women, you just usually on a—well, uh, first off, you're in a non-combat MOS. Well, actually, I, I believe that's changed. Women—since I've left, the army has grown up and women are allowed to serve in frontline combat positions. But So I can't speak this anymore. But back when I served before the woke army— <laughs> uh, happened. Uh, was you that, hoped you had a you had a woman around so that you could you yes. could take a shower more often because they had nice. to provide access to showers. That's awesome. Uh, also, veterans, as you know, Damien, have much higher rates of smoking, and that impacts some of the severity yeah, so, of certain conditions I, like this and dipping, which is. <laughs> And not just the classic dance move. Like, it's not it's not just that dip. You know, my sergeant would dip me, and I just felt so safe in his arms. You know, like, that's <laughs> leadership, by the way. You don't get that in the civilian world. I had a civilian boss try to dip me, and there was no confidence. Like, how did he t they test his leadership? Also, and this is a big one, this study is from 2020. Uh, so this is 2020 infection data that we're talking. So that means the original strain of the virus, which, you know, as viruses tend to be, is more deadly. Even if it's not as infectious, it's usually more deadly. And the biggest part of that is this is people with completely naive immune systems. Nobody had ever had COVID before. We didn't have any vaccines out. So these are the type, the people who got COVID when their immune system had never seen anything like it. And we know that that was the most deadly way to get it, right? So this is... This data should not be extrapolated to, oh, hey, I caught COVID six months ago. You know, I had a full series of vaccinations. I got a mild, blah, blah, blah. This is what we are looking at with those original people who caught COVID before there was any vaccine around, before there was anything like it floating around, and your, their immune systems were totally naive. Not unlike the people who enlist in the military. Nope. In fact, <laughs> most of them have, of course, seen indoor plumbing before the time that they enlisted. So they, again, not these results wouldn't extrapolate one-to-one -one for modern strains and people who had been vaccinated prior to infection, all of that. And obviously, it's not a randomized controlled study. So there's almost certainly health and lifestyle differences that made individuals more likely to both catch COVID and to have other problems as well. You know, because those people who aren't super into their own personal health enough to mask up or avoid public places during a pandemic also might not be super into their own health enough to... I don't know, like exercise and not eat fried foods and that kind of stuff. So like, it's not exactly a randomized controlled study. Coincidentally enough, most of the people in the study were at January 6th. <laughs> All right. So getting all that out of the way, <laughs> this study looked at 140,000 
thousand people who contracted COVID in 2020 and six million who did not. So this is I see your morning school, your morning DJ training coming back uh, <laughs> yes. to serve you. It's actually college stats. Uh, they they want to make sure that you get the the unit of measurement right. Yeah, your your teacher slaps your wrist with a ruler. Say it right, Mr. Timothy. Million. It's a huge N numbers. And another complicating factor, by the way, when we look at those huge numbers, is that some percentage of those six million who you know didn't catch COVID, quote unquote, may have caught it and been asymptomatic, and therefore it could skew the data a little bit. But anyway, here are those results, which are insanely shocking to somebody like me. I, I, I read it like three times and being like, uh, that can't be right. Here's a quote. In the three months post-infection, people who'd had COVID-19 had higher rates of death and many health conditions, including heart failure, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, and depression. The differences between groups declined over time. Yet even among people who weren't hospitalized, the risks for about one third of the health problems studied remained elevated two years later. These people had about a 13% increased risk of diabetes compared with the no infection group, for example, end quote. So that's the first part of like kind of the stunning things because we're going to start getting into some numbers. But they're looking and they're saying, okay, so three months after these people get over their COVID infection, they still have higher rates of diabetes. They have higher rates of different health conditions that suddenly jump on like heart disease, like diabetes, like Alzheimer's, like depression. By the way, the Alzheimer's thing is another notch in the belt of Alzheimer's is probably has some autoimmune aspect to it because it looks like, you know, people who caught COVID have a higher risk of Alzheimer's three months out and two years out, indicating that maybe it's done something to their immune system, tricked it into fighting its own body. Notches in Alzheimer's belt and notches on my belt mean not dissimilar things, but certainly there's... It's it's how many old people you bagged. (laughs) And let me just say... uh, we're both on to our, we're both uh, way past our first belt. No more notch yeah. space uh, yeah. on, <laughs> on a few belts, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, just crazy, because there's such a wide range of diseases that they looked at, and, like, to see how many of those have increased. And again, this is because it's novel. It's because the immune system had ne- never seen it before, and so we're seeing impacts to different type organs, different parts of the body, the brain, you know, sensory organs, all this shit, because your body has no idea what the fuck to do with it in 2020. Now we've had vaccines. Now people have had so much exposure to, you know, less deadly versions of the and less deadly variants of it. Like, things have changed, but we're talking about these people who got it in 2020 and how drastically it impacted their life. So, and, and a lot of this stuff by the way, is not necessarily super surprising. We talked about a lot of this before, but it's still pretty scary. But the three-month part, like that makes it less terrifying when they're like, you have a higher higher likelihood of death three months after getting better. And it's like, yeah, I get that because any after any kind of traumatic infection, you'd be a bit weaker and more susceptible to the, the disease. But two fucking years out? Like two years out is crazy. That means something is like, if not permanently, close to permanently wrong with your body now. First, we have to deal with the Agent Orange, which we were forced to drink in basic training, by the way. <laughs> and then the burn pit stuff, which that was I tang. Which I just left learned to dispose of my solid waste. I don't even use the plumbing as a civilian. I burn it with diesel fuel in my backyard. You just shit into a jerry can. <laughs> Light that on fire. <laughs> So don't tell me that COVID is the cause of my health. 
Uh, here's another quote. The figures were starker for people hospitalized with COVID-19. Two years post-infection, this group had elevated risks for about two-thirds of the outcomes studied. Compared with controls, they were about 50% likelier to suffer heart failure and more than twice as likely to receive an Alzheimer's diagnosis. End quote. Again, this is fucking insane. You are twice as likely to get this horrible brain disease two years, two years after contracting COVID. That is insane. Think of what the longevity of those impacts mean. And by the way, Alzheimer's debilitating disease you can never get over. You'll have for the rest of your life. You will likely die from it if it's something else doesn't kill you. Like, and a horrible, horrible way to die. Twice as likely, Damien. Yeah. I've been shitting my pants over COVID, long COVID. You know, the, every story that we've done about the long-term uh, organ damage that we suspect that we don't know how long it's going to last. I, the fact that I've gotten COVID like two or three fucking times, like, yeah, I I, am, I cannot wait to see how uh, my VA medical bills or VA medical visits uh, stack up in three years. At time. least you got you got it after getting vaccinated. So at least you didn't have a naive immune system and you, you probably wouldn't see nearly as many effects, but still just absolutely crazy. The By the way, the Alzheimer's thing is scary because it's double, but even that 50% likelier to get suffer from heart failure, that number is crazy because of the sheer volume of heart disease that in this age bracket of 60 plus white men, year old white men who used to be in the army, like if you're saying like a 50% higher chance of heart failure at that point, like how many millions of individuals is that exactly? Yeah, amongst the population who thinks that salads are gay yes this is crazy <laughs> like the sheer volume of this overwhelms my mind in terms of how much damage we are talking about like just raw numbers it's just huge and by the way it points to another 80 years or so of health consequences to our culture not from covid itself just from the covid infections that occurred in 2020 like, we'll be dealing with the health impacts of those early COVID infections for a very, 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 very long fucking time. Yep. This is nature pushing us for a nationalized healthcare system. This is nature healing. All these people have a nationalized healthcare system. They're part of the VA. <laughs> like, that's what's crazy. A better one. A better year. I will say, I have relied on VA care for many, many, many times. Uh, they yeah. have saved my life uh, from the ER, but... <laughs> As somebody who grew up in the VA system, I agree. <laughs> what I would like to see in these follow-ups is what diseases were aggravated to the largest extent. So like what, which ones were most impacted? How many extra deaths will be associated with the long-term impacts of COVID? And most interestingly, how are these numbers different from pre-vaccinated COVID infections? Meaning how are they different if you already got the vaccine? Some of the studies they did looked at, you know, how many days of disability it caused and the numbers were out of this world. Like hospitalized COVID infections caused more days of disability than like cancer and heart disease. Just absolutely insane what the implications of this are and how insanely bad this this bodes for the future of all those people who were infected in that time period where we couldn't get vaccines. Just terrifying. Well, thank you, audience, for coming back to Science Faction 673, where you learned all about how CRISPR may be the end of HIV and how COVID infections from 2020 will have serious health effects for years to come. Thank you so much for joining us and come on back next week for Science Faction 674. Well, it looks like Private Mercados uh, is still hungry and snuck some Agent Orange out of the dining facility. 
so he can drink it while the rest of you were hungry. Well, you know what? Sit here and drink your Agent Orange in front of the entire platoon, Damien. You've earned it. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right. Mm-hmm.